0: How many years before you met her did you begin to date intentionally? Like, was it a season you went through where you like, I'm not dating nobody, and then you got to a season where you said, I'm just going to date casually? Mm-hmm. Or were you like, hey, I'm going to go through my healing, and now I'm going to start dating intentionally?
1: And yeah, You know what? I, I can't remember exactly. I can't put an exact time period on it. But I do remember a time when I said, okay, um, I think I'm going to date Intentionally, And what was happening was I was dating a young lady who helped me heal. Talk about that. That was hard. And and in so many ways, I probably broke her heart uh, because we were together for a while,
0: but I wasn't free. I'm the Terrace And welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Welcome to a Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, Lataris R. Whitfield. Listen, are you still shacking up with us? If you're still shacking up with us, come on, let's go and make a commitment and subscribe. Go and hit that subscription button and subscribe. Listen, today I am so excited. Uh, gosh, you know, I'm not even going to um, take a long time to introduce this brother. But one thing I do want to say is that this has been my brother for the past 20 years, and When I say I love this dude, because I love his heart, I love his passion for Christ, and I just love him because he's a good friend, he's a faithful friend, he's just a dope dude. And he has no problem being transparent and honest, we talk about everything. And so it's been a great honor to have him on the podcast today. So without further ado, welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast, my homie, Mr. Kenny Lattimore. What's up, my brother?
1: I feel like finally.
0: It is, it is been finally. You know, we, we've been in COVID and yeah. and yeah. shooting your wedding and, and doing all kind of other stuff. So it's been pretty cool. We, we did the virtual concert a yeah, couple of months true. ago. That's right. And When I need a
1: great uh, producer and somebody to really get video or film me, I always call for the Terrace. Yes. I'm just like, I know it's going to be beautiful, and I was going to look right. My wife was, was ecstatic looking at the video. And then the videos went viral. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. we had no clue at all. We were just looking at the dance video one day and our opening video, Yeah, uh, the opening when we came into the reception. Right. And uh, all of a sudden, millions of people are watching this video and enjoying it. So uh, you have, you know, I looked around the studio, and one of the things that you have on your Door is visionary. Yes, yes. And that's what it is. You have the vision to see things that people don't always see or believe at times. And when the time comes and the season comes and you reveal the fruit of your vision. It becomes something viral. Wow! <laughs> it becomes wow. something explosive and expansive that touches people's lives. So, I am very happy to be here. So, what you're not going to do
0: is get me emotional at the very beginning of oh the podcast. Well, that's nah. what you're not going to do, Mr. Kenny Lattimore. <laughs> like you're not you're not going to do this to me. But yeah, man, we've been cool for years. Yeah, I started working with this brother in 2002. Mm-hmm. With my first national play, "What Men Don't Tell," yeah, and one of the things that I admired about you is that, of course, in that time, you know, the the budget wasn't what it could be, but uh, well, we paid you very well. But the 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 touring accoutrements wasn't afforded to us, and so. I remember you just had back surgery or something and we were on an upright bus mm. and in your contract, it had, if we were traveling outside of a certain, uh, distance that we had to either fly you or put you on sleepers. And even though I knew that the promoter was in breach of the contract because we was riding like 10 hours, 11 hours, <laughs> 12 hours on an upright bus, you just said, well, just get me some pillows. Mm. Kenny, when I tell you that's the reason why I will go the distance for you. Wow. You, I've never told you that before, but it's because of the fact that even in those moments, we just pulled over at a Walmart and we got pillows. We did. And oh, we got my some pillows You're taking me back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God! We went and got some pillows, mm. and you just propped up and had some pillows, and you went through the brunt of that after having – what was it back surgery or
2: something? No, actually, something I
1: had uh, – and I s- still just have to monitor this – my discs in my back and lower discs are inflamed. Yes. And what can happen is they can uh, sometimes herniate, which means they just go beyond. Not only do they uh, bulge at times, but they can actually herniate and come outside of the bone. Oh, wow. And it hurts your nerve and everything. And uh, I've definitely had times when I could not walk at all. But I found different things to uh, compensate. And yeah. The pillows definitely helped. In, yeah. In all of that. And I didn't want to be separated. From the cast. From the cast, because it's something about the energy of a cast and uh, the family and the camaraderie that is part of the experience. And you forfeit that, you know, if you're if you're not with them. But, you know, what's so funny is I would say that that was the first real acting role that I ever did to where I was carrying a starring role. Yeah. And I loved your writing.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. I love your it.
1: writing. And, and I was like, yeah, I, I'll do this. This is this is great.
0: When I tell you I was so happy, I felt like I done made it. It was my first national <laughs> play. I was 24 years old. And I had Kenny Lattimore <laughs> in my show singing For You mm-hmm. every single night. Yeah. And you win the song. I I had you singing uh, I Won't Complain. Oh, my oh God. Boy.
1: Huh. That, you know what was interesting about that time period, too, was as much as I came from gospel music. Yeah. But I really am a, more of a pop kind of singer. Yeah. And it was like, feel free and be free. And I, I was like still learning how to be free. I tell this story a lot of times about Rochelle Farrell was the person who challenged me as a singer to be free. When I was on tour with her just um, a few years prior to your play, she would say, you're a really good singer, but you're not free and you can do so much more. And I know you can. So she would invite me to come out on her set and make up parts to one of her songs. She would say, I want him to come out, just make up a part and sing around what I'm going to sing. Because I want you to just be expressive and, uh, what is that? It's like, um, yeah, just do it improv. Yeah, improv
0: too. And in theater, and, we call uh, it improv.
1: Improv. That's what yeah. it was like, an improv. So it helped me to break out of uh, a box that I put myself in. The reason why I was in that box was because of coming from classical music. Yeah.
0: You had to be on yeah, point. Classical the same music thing is like you every every single, single,
1: you better hit that note. <laughs> and you're proving that you can really sing uh, well. When you can hit that note and it's like you're reading the lines, but you are still able to give of yourself and your interpretation, but it's gotta be completely on point what is written.
0: Yeah, you know I'm always impressed when you sing a little. Can you just sing a little bit of the classical stuff? Just a
2: little, little, uh, little. Uh-huh. <laughs> And
1: what does that mean, Kenny? I don't mean? know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I sang in nine different languages growing up. Nine. And um, what were know, some of those languages? Welsh, Italian, French, Spanish. Um, that was Italian. Um, oh gosh, German. I I, I, I became a Maryland distinguished, distinguished scholar for singing a German piece, Ich Grolnis and when i went to sing that it was just like i would have to sit there and i'd have to learn certain aspects of the song and i know that i knew what every yes. song meant yeah and it was about school it was about appreciating different styles of music. It was about appreciating, appreciating the arts and culture and all of that. But it's been so long since I've had to, to use it. The only song that I really kept doing was the equal niche mm-hmm. because it was just a part of a story I was telling. And I didn't think that that had much value at one point. Why? Wow. Um, you know, I, I think I just was somebody who I appreciated the, the scholarship. thing. Maybe it's because I didn't take the scholarship, I had this music scholarship, but I ended up going to Howard University for architecture and planning. And I wasn't embarrassed about anything like, gosh, I, t- I didn't take the money, whatever. But I think that I just kind of dismissed it because it, it didn't complete its circle or cycle. Yeah. So when I started my music career, um, I used to talk about it a little bit here and there. And then I incorporated it in my show. And when I incorporated it in my show, it was almost like the audience having this other experience went to another level. Yeah, And um, and I would just talk, talk right through it. Oh, I did this. Boom, boom, boom. And I'd sing it. And people were like, whoa, yeah. we had no idea. But it helped to explain why I had the sound that I
0: had, why my lyrics were what they were, mm-hmm. why my approach to music was what it was. And I've always loved especially when we did the Valentine's Day show. It was absolutely amazing when you go and show people that you're a singer, like mm-hmm. you—you're not just some auto-tune made up <laughs> in the studio performer. You. you are a singer, <laughs> well, I and that's what's so dope. Before we get too far in the episode, we're gonna drop the title. The name of this episode is called "Built to Last." Yeah. Now, Kenny, the reason why I came up with that name, or is using that name, because you have a very powerful name. You have a song called "Built to Last," yes. and 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 um, what album is that on? Anatomy of a Love Song Anatomy of a Love Song Y'all need to go get that Mm. album See, because you. you got, because you got, you got some albums out there that people just don't know about. And they and they come to you and be like, "When are you gonna put out another album?" And it'd Which, be like, "I just put an album out. <laughs> what are you talking about?" Right. <laughs> like, hey. Can y'all go get that? I right. just I keep putting it out. And y'all need to go get it. Right. And so make sure y'all get "Anatomy of a Love Song" and "Vulnerable." Uh, some really really dope songs. And my it's new my new uh, material is coming already, right? Yeah,
1: but it, it has been a, a couple of years now, and I think the this whole pandemic and the quarantines and all of that have just erased a year. It just doesn't feel like we've gone through a whole year and almost a year and a half of not really being together and sharing. But uh, I have a new song called Pressure. Oh, yeah. uh, It's coming out um, this week.
0: Yeah. This week. week. And that's what brought him to Dallas today is because he's (laughs) shooting a a music video. And um, I said, you know what? If you get some time in your schedule, I need you to come get on this podcast. Uh, I originally wanted him and Faith to be on the podcast, which I ended up doing later on. Um, But... Yeah, I definitely want to just we'll break bread. We'll with definitely my br- get that in. Yeah. Oh yeah, and you're, on, you're uh, on this season of Black Love, and all that on, yeah, stuff. Yeah, we're on the season of Black Love, so we have
1: been doing some things together. Um, when when you have a beautiful relationship, it's very we're very private people. Yeah. And, um, but at the same time, I think that she recognizes that her life and her journey has been significant in the same way that dear future wifey. Yeah. Is, is significant for you to share your, your experiences. It empowers people. Yes. So uh, she just wrote a book called Sis Don't Settle. Yes. And it's about uh, taking the matters of the heart and, and operating in a smart manner and making your decisions. So she's beginning to embrace more and more the fact that she has a platform. God has given that space to her. So, I, yeah, I know she'll be on, and we'll probably be talking about life and love and
0: just everything. Let me tell you something, and I'll say this now. Um I was talking to Faith at the DMV. I was getting Armani his driver's license, his driver's permit. And she literally brought tears down my face when she spoke about how she manifested you in her life, Mm -hmm. and how she got really specific and she put sticky notes all up in her prayer closet and said, "This is what I desire. This is what I want." And I was sitting in that. I was sitting in the DMV. I said, "Oh Lord Jesus, girl's messing me up." I said, "God, (laughs) dog," because because of course I know the conversations that you and I've had uh, surrounding love and wanting to be married again, and for God to intricately place her into your life and she is everything mm. you could ever imagine. Mm. I'm talking about every single thing that you could ever imagine. And I literally was sitting at your wedding and tears just streamed down my face as I was shooting. I was like, God, if you did it for him, hey. you can do it for me. Hey. Hey, yes. come on no somebody. No. And it just it just it blew my mind. But I'll save all that talk when she gets on the podcast and be able to, to defend herself. <laughs> defend all her greatness and how wonderful she is, but That's really, amazing. really dope individual. And so, man, you're So let me ask you this. What has it meant to you mm-hmm. to have her in your life? How has that changed your life or changed the trajectory of your life?
1: You know what? As much as I know she's like, I manifested you, we talk about <laughs> we laugh about that all the time. Um, I felt like I had to learn some things about me. One of the greatest things was me figuring out what were my core values? What made me tick? What was important? If I was going to go out and find a help that was made for me, then I've got to be able to say, this is what you're helping me do. <laughs> you know, this, <laughs> this is what you help me do. These, these are my strengths. These are my weaknesses and be vulnerable, transparent about all of that. And, um, you know, and, and just, just take it from there. So then I would be able to even, from a, a wiser perspective, choose who my partner was going to be. So the manifestation of her in my life has strengthened me. I told her very early uh, when when I knew. I said, you know, I, I, there's something here. I thought to myself, gosh, if we get married, we're going to do this. Yeah. That's all I could do. That, all yeah. I did was that. And it was like God was just showing me. Did you say that to her? I said that to her. And she reminds me of it all the time. She says, wow, you thought this was going to happen. Because when we got together, there was no divorce court. There was yeah. nothing. There was a lot of transition. I was coming off of uh, the Vulnerable CD, but I was thinking, okay, what do I want to do next? I'm not really sure. And um,
0: You was talking about transitioning the whole style of yeah, music I, into jazz. I wanted jazz. to do jazz. I yeah. wanted to
1: do a Frank Sinatra, Nat because um, I... My mother discovered I could sing when I was 12, and I decided um, at that point to just follow her lead. And she had me studying uh, how to sing uh, the proper way. But not only was it classical that we talked about earlier, it was the American Songbook. So I was like, this is a great opportunity for me to um, showcase that and my di- diversity and and." Maybe go to Vegas or something. I don't know. My, my mind was just going. So, get your Vegas show. Yeah, get the Vegas show on. That's kind of like what my show's like now yeah. anyway. So when she came into my life, and even with the quarantine, not the pandemic, people, not the pandemic, <laughs> but the quarantine was the best thing that could have happened to our relationship. It sat us down. It allowed us to be in a position of foundational learning. Of each other,
0: and this is at the beginning of your marriage. Absolutely, let's put this in perspective. Y'all got married on March the seventh. Was the eighth? March, March the eighth, and then the next week shut down. We
1: even considered getting married on the fifteenth, right? Or something like that, and we were like, "Oh no, no, no! no. We we're gonna go with." Eight new beginnings. Yeah. <laughs> yep, Yep. yep. <laughs> and literally, you know, if we had just waited one week, it would have been a completely different thing. But we were able to have the wedding of our dreams. Beautiful. Have our friends and family there. No masks and all that. We yep. had no clue. The beauty is that no one got sick either. Nope. Not one person nope. got sick during that time period or from, you know, any, any COVID related illness. Right. And um, it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. And then the world shut down and y'all were
0: quarantined with each other. Yeah. First year
1: of marriage. And I got a chance to see, I used to always call her clear. (laughs) You are very clear. um, And I know a lot of people probably can understand this because to be a judge, to be judge faith and stand in front of people case after case after case, giving them advice, listening to um, evidence. Yes. And... Trying to judge what's really happening in a situation on the spot because that's what it's like. I've mm-hmm. gone to the divorce court set. I've gone there to uh, be a part of it. I was yeah. in one of the cases, and it's a trip that your stuff is happening in real time, and you're like, oh, oh, okay, you, you gotta you gotta <laughs> hold it together. She doesn't just hold it together. I mean, she thrives. Yes. in that, and I used to say you're a very clear thinker, and her decision making is is pretty spot on. Just. Amazing.
0: I'm scared to get in an argument with her. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, okay, you win. Court right. Right. <laughs> like, right, adjourned. I'm, right. I'm done. Let me go wash these dishes. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh <laughs> you, my God. You win. But yeah, that's what's so dope about her. One of the things I said that, and I told her this, I said, what's so, when you marry the right person, mm-hmm. everybody that's connected to that person gets blessed. Absolutely. And I said, Absolutely. I began to be blessed just by her being in your life because she's real quick to call me like hey LaTaris I need you to do this for yep. me LaTaris I want you to do this and she gave me the opportunity to actually produce mm-hmm. the show opener for Divorce Court. Yeah. and that's yeah. I would have never met her a day in my yeah. life had you never married and her when, and that is the person she is when she
1: sits back and there's a relationship and a connection and you've done something of quality we should get, let me see, who can I call? Yeah. She literally would do that. There's some <laughs> friends of that she's made several calls from. She said, we're going to get this person to show. And there's no connection. She's not going, I'm going to get 10% of yeah. it, or I'm going to, you know, benefit some yeah. way. She's just like, this person is worthy to be on this particular platform. And um, it's, it's what a great heart. Just a great heart. And Powerful spirit. word. You said her. worthy. I love it. That's worthy, worthy, baby. worthy. Yeah.
0: Built to last. <laughs> Oh boy, you've been built to last. So when we look at, it, we just came out of Father's Day. Yes, Father's Day was just this past week, and um, your father. Yeah. And how old is your son? My son is eighteen. Eighteen
1: years just graduated old. Graduated from high school, on his way to college. So how's that process process (laughs) has been?
0: I remember when uh, (laughs) your your, uh, first wife was pregnant with with KJ. And so um, I literally watched this boy go from the womb to graduate. Mm -hmm. How has it been raising a young black king Mm. in today's society?
1: You know, it's very interesting because uh, I follow a lot of sites that celebrate black fathers And um, it's beautiful just seeing the interaction because I think about what my interaction has been and what my memory is, what I've taken in. Um, KJ was born of C-section. For those of you that understand that, that means that the mother is not really with the child for several days right after they're born. But I was able to be with him those first three days because she's recovering from the surgery of it. And then at the same time, you still have this new life. He was also born nine pounds. So he was a big, a big baby boy. and he had to be pricked in his feet and all to make sure he didn't have juvenile diabetes, all kind of different things in this process. And um, so my emotional attachment to him is multi-layered. Not only is he, you know, he, my son in general, he's my namesake. Yes. We have the same birthday. birthday.
0: Listen, they have the same birthday. Yeah. And then, it, it, so having
1: all of those things, it almost, it's not fair at all for me to say this, and I don't put this kind of pressure on him at all. <laughs> but it's almost like he's me, like another chance of being me. If you can, if if you can indulge me, I mean, because I know it's yeah. a weird thing. I think about all of the things that didn't go so well in my life that people don't know, um, or just stupid things I did, just yeah. dumb stuff. Yeah, and I just go, "Wow, what if I had?" this support or that support you know you go back and you say if i if i knew what i knew now yeah. back then well what if i take the conscious effort to make sure that he knows what my pitfalls were and i move him away from those i wonder what his personality will be well i was definitely shy growing up maybe that was my personality all along i don't know but i think it's probably because i am who i am now and i don't i don't i think i have little shy moments but he was completely free. So the way that he interacts with people and um, I think how he even feels about himself, it's just very different from what I felt. Um, it's interesting because, I, again, I know he's a different soul. He's a completely different person than me. But I just thought, wow, if I, would I have been who he is had I had his life, blase, blase, and I'm not saying that his life is better, yeah. either, because I don't know. It's, it's tough. Yeah, I, I'm very grateful for my struggles. Me too, because my struggles have made me stronger and have made me a better decision maker. Have prepared me for the the destiny that I have. His destiny being different. You know, I have to to leave him that space, but I'm hard on the brother. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Cause my, my mother was a visionary uh, and she was, um, a, a very clear thinker and she was a, you know, some people dream and then some people visionary. dreaming is wonderful where you can say, Hey, I wonder if I can do, but when you're a visionary and you begin to plan your life to accomplish based on what you haven't seen Mm. and you begin to see the results of it, you, you sometimes take off in a way where you leave others behind too. And being in that kind of space and living that kind of life, I was like, I wonder, will my son do the same thing? How he'll feel? It's lonely. Yeah. People used to tell me kings walk alone. Yeah. Kings walk alone. I had to tell him those kind of things growing up so that he did not create unhealthy uh, relationships and bonds with people, but that he would still believe in himself. Yes. Have faith in God and believe that he could do anything. So... Um, wow, while the process of raising this child as an individual was um, heartbreaking, yes, <laughs> yeah, um, and heartbreaking because once you raise your child and they, they get to a certain age, you know that they're going to leave. This is yeah. it. Yeah. There were times this year that I said to him, son, you need to use me. As much as possible. Oh, I tell that to year. Armani all the time. Oh God,
0: uh, we had a conversation. Mm-hmm. Armani, you get the benefit of me. Yeah. Use yeah. me because I'm teaching you some principles right now yeah. that's going to carry you through the rest of your life. But take advantage of this. Take advantage Don't of Don't fight it. Don't say yeah. you can do it on your own because you yeah. can't. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: can't. And and those are those are just real things that we know. It's hard when you know something because I talk to my son. I'm like, son, I'm begging you. <laughs> I'm not telling you something that I think or that I hope. I'm telling you something that I know and I've experienced. We're men. We're just like, you know, it's so crazy because people say DNA or generational curses or yeah. spirits or whatever you believe about the transition of who you are to your children. I've sat there and watched my son say things that I said when I was 5. <laughs> I've watched him do things that I did the same Oh my gosh! And I'm like, why? And to the point where you can't even be mad. You can't mad. All you can do is look You're at right. him and just be like, like, "You got it." Honestly, did the same thing. Oh, yep. But uh, what I do love is that he is uh, he is a creative, and can, can sing. sing. He can yeah. sing and write and all that. So I encourage him. Excuse me. In all of that, I have him. You know, you can work on my new album. You can sing background vocals for me. You can uh, you have access to learn every aspect of the business. Yes. Um, The only difference is (laughs) because of my struggle and because of me not having it, I had a greater hunger for it. Yeah. So this is one thing. So you other fathers out there might relate Mm -hmm. to Or parents, period, that um, we want our children to have better than what we had. Uh, It's interesting, though, because sometimes we give them things and it weakens them. Yes. Or it makes them take for granted what they have and they don't realize it. They just don't know because they're kids. Yep. And when if somebody told me come to this studio at such and such time and you're going to be on TV or come and sing background for, you know, Babyface or somebody mm-hmm. and be it's you know, there's a chance that somebody's going to see you. Nobody's promising me fame or anything. I was there early. Yep. I was there. I was studied sweating because I was like, I've got to impress these people. I've got to, you know, but my son has been around the industry enough. All his life. Which is kind of cool because he has a balanced spirit about it. He's been around celebs. He's been in all of that. So he's not impressed easily. (laughs) And he's not hungry. (laughs) And he's not hungry really. But he does have a vision. Yep. And that's what I appreciate. I and he has a vision that
0: he he sees it in real time, yeah. so which, which which actually increases his possibility. Absolutely. Because he goes, oh, I can, that's, I'm can. i already there. Yeah, you know I, what I'm saying?
1: As a matter of fact, Dad, I'll sing on your next gig. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, no. I was like, oh, no. you're going to sing on my next How do you determine... <laughs> that you're gonna sing on my next gig. That's not yours. You know, it's not yours to determine. And who says there's gonna be another gig that you can sing? You lost you just lost your spot. You lost yeah, your I, spot. I haven't to talked to him like that. You you lost your spot, dude. And we'll see when the next time you go. But um but that's like a part of the parenting in 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 our industry. Yeah. In the entertainment industry where we love our kids. We're going to extend to them whatever we think is gonna give them a one up. Because why is he gonna start from zero? You bet that's I would not let you start from zero. Not at all. And uh, not have all of the the knowledge and support that you could possibly have. So what I do love is I love to see him writing, and I love to see that he can sing. I mean, we were singing, doing concerts where, when we would harmonize, I'd have to say, wait a minute, is that, is that
0: you or me <laughs> singing that note? Very impressed. That's dope. I mean, that's that's, that's, that's dope. Yeah. That's dope. So when you, your first Father's Day, how, mm-hmm. no, let me ask you this. How did it feel? Mm-hmm. To even give birth to a son. Did you did you already know it was going to be a son? Or Yeah, I knew he was coming,
1: and uh, I remember just trying to name him and I was like, uh, ah, right now I, I couldn't figure out I just just KJ. I don't know. The the responsibility of naming him was overwhelming to me. Um, you know, the the whole idea of having a son kind of goes back a little bit to um what I was saying about him being another me. Mm -hmm. I think I just wanted to protect him. If I'd had a daughter, I don't know what uh, I would have felt then. I mean, of course I would have wanted to protect her, but I wouldn't have, I probably would have spoiled her. (laughs) Sit me down, sit down (laughs) somewhere, (laughs) brother. But having my son, it was like, um, we as men, we probably project a lot more than we think onto our kids and we want them to be these strong warriors. We want them to walk into the room and for other people to be impressed with them. Oh man, we got into sports and my son was playing football. He was a beast on the field and I was like, wow, I I mean, I didn't even play. And, but when I'd walk in, (laughs) my chest would be way out. Like, that's my son. (laughs) That's my son. He, He can run fast and you know, he's, he's killing people in track and field went to junior Olympics Um, so I just wanted him to be as well-rounded as possible. And again, you, you kind of compare yourself. You just think about how can he be better
0: than me? How important were you to, how how important was it for you to establish faith in him to, to teach him about God Mm -hmm. and not some. General spirituality, teaching them about spirituality, but Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior. How important was that? Um, absolutely
1: essential. Uh, I have to look at myself and say, what do I really know? I don't know much, but what I know, I know. There it is. And to live a life where I've actually stood on the principles, first of all, when, when people come and they want to question uh, Christianity, the term Christianity, it's like, okay, we don't have to go there. <laughs> Let's talk about the Bible. My standard for living is the Bible, and I have lived it watching and, uh, and reading about the example of Jesus Christ. Irrefutable that the principles of the Bible work, and if you follow them you, you reap what you sow, all of those, all, there, there's certain laws that are universal. And then there's some Bible stuff. Yes. That's a little different that if you f- actually follow it, you're going to get the result. I've lived it and seen over and over and over again. So with that being a reality for me, I was like, son, you have to know this now. Yes. Let's pray about this yes. together and watch God act. Let's, let's begin our relationship with the Lord now. And um, but that also became a very difficult thing because when the when sons in particular get to a certain age, they want to prove their own knowledge mm-hmm. and manhood, mm-hmm. um, and they're going to question. Children are going to question. Yep. At with whatever background you come, they're going to question. Well, maybe that was for you, <laughs> and maybe this is not for me, and blah 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 blah. blah. You know, they're going to go. So I think that's the heartbreaking part yes. about being a parent is it was essential that I teach him the principle to read him the Bible and and tell him testimonies of the things that God had done for for us for his family for me personally for uh, other family members that he didn't know give him testimonies because the, the the word talks about us being um built up by the blood of the lamb and yeah. um and the word of our testimony uh so I, I was like yeah I'm going to follow that principle and, um, he hasn't departed though. He has not departed from the word. He does not live or he has not gone through what I went through. I was more, um, churchy. Mm-hmm. I was definitely more churchy, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's what we came up. Under. Yeah, He came up as an entertainer's child, which was a little different. He was at church and all that all the time, but we were churchy too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was fun being churchy. It sure was. One. It was a different culture, um, the 80s and 90s in particular, uh, where when you relate to others and you're in a safe environment to to really give your emotion and talk, but you're hearing back God's principles and, and God's word, you again, you're built up like crazy. Yes. I don't know that that's what his friends necessarily did. Yeah. I know that he did, particularly very early in his life. My son would have dreams at six. Really? Know, and it would be like, whoa. It was almost like they were prophetic dreams. and We'd be like, whoa, whoa. You know, but he... I didn't even know how to cultivate that. Um, so as he continued to grow, I just wanted to make sure that he did not allow anything to stop him. Because I believe that in, even when we talk about vision and writing the vision and making it plain, a lot of things for me was about if I know the mind of God... Mm. Like a lot of people feel like, oh, they got to, you know, we got to lay on the floor and tarry and roll over and foam at the mouth (laughs) to communicate with God. Uh, That's not my relationship with him. And I'm not saying that you, that there's no time or season that you, that you don't do that. Right. But if I know the mind of God, it would be like knowing the mind of my mother. If somebody came to me and said, your mother said blah, 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 blah. I'd be like, my mother said that. No, my mother did not say that (laughs) (laughs) because I know my mother, you know, if I go out and I do something crazy in the street, um, I know what the consequence is going to be because I know what the mind of my mother is, even though I might go, oh, she's going to probably be soft when I get back and she's going to be,
2: well, it'll probably work
1: out in the end. If I still feel like, but she's going to be so disappointed, I, I know the mind, I'm up because we have relationship, we've spent time together, we've done, that's all I really want him to have, so that when he goes off and he leaves me, I want him to be in a position where he can say, "This is what I prayed about and I asked the Lord about, and this is how He guided me in mm. my journey. That's going to be the ultimate. That's it, ultimate, yeah, that's it. But you witnessed something that was, that was very powerful and it that brought me and my whole house to tears. And, um, and that was before I got married to faith, we were sitting in the house and men had come over to my house. I know a lot of people have bachelor parties and they Mm -hmm. go to Vegas and strip clubs and Mm -hmm. whatever else they do, you know, but uh, because of who I am Mm. and who my friends are. They came to my house and men came to say, we're going to pour into your life.
0: We had a words of affirmation ceremony. We
1: had a words of affirmation ceremony. And my son came in towards the end Mm. and he began to affirm me. And what he ended up saying was very powerful because he had witnessed me Go through publicly a lot of ridicule yeah. and a lot of humiliation, which I could handle. But the people who decided to carry out what they wanted to carry out never considered Your my son, son
0: how he would feel about it. And
1: what ends up happening is, I know who I am. It was just like, "Oh, son, it's okay." You know, I know who I am, and nobody else has to, as long. This is one of the principles I told him. Jesus went through exactly what I'm going through. Worse than I'm going through it. Yes. Far worse than I'm going through. Who do men say I am? At one point, he asked his disciples, who who do men say I am? They said, oh, well,
0: Well, John the Baptist reincarnated you, this, this,
1: this. They they really said he was the devil too. They said he was everything, right? After him I mean, he knew he was going to sacrifice his life. And it's like, man, but these people, they're saying this about you. But what did he do? He turned to those who he knew were in relationship with him. And he said, who do you say I am? He said, you're the son of man. That's the way I had to, to, to communicate with my son, son, who, who do you believe I am? So not to, to veer off too far. He began to affirm me by telling me who I was. Mm. And then he went further to say, people say that I act like you. Mm. I've, I know I, I look like you and all of that. He's, he said, it's okay. That, I don't mind being like you. I, I, I'll, I'll be just like you. Boy, I was on the
0: floor. He was toe up crying. When I tell you I was, man, I, I had the camera, I was recording, my hand was shaking myself and i was <laughs> to mess up this footage because that's all we want as men. That's all we want as fathers for the Ooh. son because they, they fight against us so much mm-hmm. that when they actually have this moment, like the prodigal son had, it says, and then mm-hmm. he came to came himself. To himself. Oh and so God. it was your son coming to himself and says, I want to be just like you. It's like, <gasps> yeah. And you're telling, you're making a public statement of that in
1: front of all these men. And I'm making sure I don't cry right now. Lord, <laughs> <Boy>, when <laughs> but I it take- was, yeah, it was like I was shaking. Um, because also you don't know what your children have seen. Or yes. Heard. Yikes! When you're a famous person, you don't. You you just really don't know.
0: Yeah. You don't know what what sidebar conversation somebody didn't have with him at school or what type of ways or that he may have had to defend himself. His, yeah, yeah, himself. He,
1: and, and he was, and he had to do that. He was bullied and all kind of stuff that nobody talks about. But I, as, now that he's 18, I can say these things. You have not heard me say one thing and... And I won't, you know, I'm never going to go and say anything crazy, but I'm I'm not the kind of person that's like, let me go back and expose this and get this straight and all that. It's not important. It's not important. But what was important was that I protected him in the process so that he never felt less than, he never felt torn apart by my words Mm. or my actions towards him. And once he became a, you know, quote, a man, I mean, we still have to have our battles. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm I'm being transparent, transparent. That even in all of that, we still have our battles, of course, because he's becoming a man and he's got to test things. He's got to test the words. I am the safest person to that test he can it with. do the it with because he knows you ain't going nowhere. I'm not going anywhere. He can go crazy and say stupid stuff to me or whatever or, you know, you um, know, and when I say stupid, I mean I'm not talking about asking questions. I mean he can say <laughs> some crazy some stuff disrespectful that's like, stuff. Wow, yeah. Why are you saying that to me? <laughs> and he knows I'm not going anywhere. Though. And I and I go ahead and I reassure him, yeah. even if I have to blast him out. Yeah. I say and this and that. all right, now. Yeah. I love you, son. Yeah. And we'll talk some more tomorrow, or I'm not talking about this right now. Yeah. But we'll talk about this later. Yep. Yeah and i love you and i'm angry about it right now but i love you yep and you know, i keep on affirming them in that yeah. <laughs> it's it's really funny so that that's what makes the whole process like <laughs> painful it's it as beautiful and amazing oh, as it, hurts. it is it hurts because you they have to grow up and they have to be uh become yeah. what they're going to become in, in christ and in themselves
0: Armani and I, we be having those moments we ain't had nothing in the, in, the, in in about a good maybe a month, Mm -hmm. but we had those moments and I'd be like, Armani, God why you always Want to fight against me What's 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 wrong Like chill yeah. No nah, I mean no You don't know everything Parents don't know everything Adults don't know everything I said this joke I said Lord No one's saying We know everything I'm saying I know more than you Let's right, start right. there I know more than you Right No nah, yeah. no nah, That's cap That's cap I said
2: oh no <laughs> Now
0: you're gonna say I don't know more than you you trying to say I don't know more than A 17 year old boy right. Man you're like Wow I'm gonna move out When I get 80 I'm to move out I said I'm telling you It's grown folks That want to go move back in Why you trying to move out It's grown folks <laughs> At <laughs> wish they can move back in it's Like true. you don't it's realize so it And it's like I just look And I said, Guys don't I said why do you Why are you bent On making your life difficult Because what I I said that My goal Is to make your life easier That's my whole goal yeah. I said But you just want to make it difficult For no apparent reason You mm-hmm. want to fight for no apparent reason You want to buck the system And I said It's going to be a time Where you have to move out mm-hmm. But that time ain't right now When you're 17 Yeah I told that my time son that, too,
1: because initially my son wanted to come out of high school. He wanted to get an apartment with some friends and go to college in, in, in state. And all I could think of was, what? I was like, you don't want the world to kick your behind. I was like, let me teach you. And I, so I said, Let's, why don't you pick a university? And he started talking about HBCUs. I was real happy then because I'm a product of an HBCU. I was the, like, you? Let, me, let me take him. To another uh, HBCU, so he went around a couple places. He chose a school, and I'll let him make his own announcement. But he chose a school. But what I loved was it was in the country, and he went back and forth. He started vacillating. I said, "No, nah, brother, <laughs> this country right here is where you is need to be. You because it's a, it's a little more isolated. You don't have to be tempted by the city. You need to learn how to be an adult and live by yourself, and go to school and have responsibilities and all that." without it being so overwhelming and the responsibility of paying bills is heavy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, going through that process, they, they, you know, we still, we still have our moments, you know, but once he goes in, I, I but I tell him all the time, you can do all of what you want and you're going to have my support. Unless <laughs> like the Lord, if it's totally against what I know is, is um, principally correct. Um, I can't. I'm not going to go in and fake it. And you don't have to like me. How about that? Yep. I think that's the hard part. When he hears me say that, he knows I'm telling him the truth. I love you, but you can hate me. I'm going to still be your father. I'm not afraid of you. A lot of people, we're afraid of our kids. I don't want them to not like me because then, (laughs) and I'm like, no. He's going to find out the the truth. Yes. And when he finds out the truth, he's going to love me more. There it is. And he's going to respect the fact that I stood there for him and I stood up against him. That's what a man needs. He needs me to stand up against him to tell him what's right and what's wrong. Ooh. And I have to be okay emotionally. This is the difficult and painful part. There it is. I have to be okay with the fact that It's going to be probably five years Mm -hmm. at least for him to actually. Before the frontal lobe
2: develops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Give me
1: 25 or so (laughs) before he, well, five to seven years. Yeah. Before he understands that what I'm telling him had value. But when he does, I wrote him a text the other night. I said, I know you're angry with me right now, but once we get through this season, our relationship is going to be completely different than it was the last season. God, that's powerful. And he, he didn't say anything back. <laughs> he didn't text me back. <laughs> but I text him. Sometimes I'm like, this is going to be a writing. And you're going to remember this. <laughs> that is that's so my dude, good. Like, that is my heart. Oh, my gosh. My heart is... That, that's,
0: was, that's, you, was you an old daddy ladder boy? That's why I got his yeah. name in my oh, yeah. phone. Were y'all close like that growing up? We
1: were. Um, it was different. I had a stepdad, too, who was fantastic. I did not realize that he was fantastic because I had to go through being an (laughs) 18-year-old and, you know, grow into my own manhood. Now, this is what I didn't understand. My father is very touchy-feely, emotionally, you know, uh, a different kind. That's the way he is. Um, My dad was... Organized. He was a neat freak. A lot of times people are like, wow, Kenny's so neat, and no, all he must have got it from his mom. We we associate certain things yeah. with, with being feminine. Yeah. And I was like, nope, it wasn't my mom. My dad is like that. Was when he military? You, nope. And he wasn't military. He just was a a particular guy. I think that what happens if you examine who you are, you find out what makes you better. I think that his mind was such that organization made his mind, made him a better uh operator in, mm-hmm. in life i am the exact same way i can run a couple different corporations and still be a dad and still be a husband and all yeah. that but not because i'm good at multitasking i'm not i'm a project list guy and i can go and if you put your stuff on the <laughs> list all the stuff on the list is gonna be gone i will run circles around people who'll be you know Oh, i'm trying to multitask isn't it? and i'll be like oh that's done and this is done and that's paid and this is
0: gone and I learned that that worked for me. I remember you called me uh, last, a week before last and, and Faith had, uh, had a list or had one of the things on the list for you to call me to see if I did the trailer for the oh, thing. Yeah. He's like, yes, I got to check out this list. I said, wait, <laughs> come to me all corporate America. I have to look at this. I, I want to see. Um, has the video been done yet? I'm like. Well, we're working on the edit. I'm just trying to see when we'll have that. Faith wants to send it out to some people and this, yeah. this, this. I said, this feels so list-oriented. <laughs> and that's what it <laughs> is. That's exactly what it was. And that list pre- presents great uh, results. For yeah, you. that's it produces good. Rather, produces and that's products. what I want to get to the point. To, I can't get myself still to write a list so I can remember. I can't remember <laughs> to write a list. So I, can, so I won't forget. But whatever what you're doing do. is working for you. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> it is. But I could be 10 times more efficient mm-hmm. if I... Create a list or get well, someone hey, else that create a list. Maybe wifey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I <laughs> said. Hey. I said, yeah. And and that's what I'm talking about mm-hmm. is to have, that's what the help mate looks mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Is to say, this is where you're deficient. Yeah. I, I'm great at this. Mm-hmm. And then you look back and be like, Wow. Okay, my life is running a whole lot smoother yeah. because I I was missing that puzzle piece. Because mm-hmm. I guarantee you, if I have everything figured out, mm-hmm. what happens with a lot of people is that they figure out a way to do everything by themselves that they don't even know how to make space, space for. That's yeah, right. for 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 the the yeah. spouse. Yeah. They be like, I got this. no. Let me I I, I do this better. Than you let me let me do this. No, let me clean <laughs> this up. No, I'll make up the bed. Mm-hmm. No, I'll go cook. You like. Yeah, like I don't, I That's don't know truth. space, and then you'll always see that separation take place, mm-hmm. and divorce is inevitable because they, the person, doesn't find room to be in that person's yeah, life to be in a actual relationship. Man, it's absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, when you looked at, it was a post that I made on Facebook <laughs> a couple of years ago, and I talked about a conversation you and I had about you were traveling to you were about to do a show in South Africa, and you said, you know what. We we're in the car. We we're driving down the street. You said one of the things that I said you're about to get ready to go do a tour through South Africa. You said you know what, and it's kind of bittersweet because I go to some of the most beautiful mm-hmm. places, and I'm putting these stamps on my passport. But I wish I was putting these stamps with my wife. Mm-hmm. Why was yeah. that important? I mean, you a you a single man? You're an eligible bachelor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can you can have a different girl every night. You know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? Be like, all right, I'm lonely. You're going to be Saturday. You're going to be Sunday. You're going to be Monday. Why is it that that was important for you to share space with a woman?
1: Relationship memories. I always tell my wife now, you know, oh, no, we've got to make a memory. Um, It's all we have. I mean, really, besides leaving this earth and being in heaven and what have you, this is it. Uh, We don't take these marriages into heaven. Mm.
0: Jesus, that's mm-hmm. a
1: whole different topic because I think people think about that. Like, oh, I'm going to be married when <laughs> I get it. Yeah, you are. You're going to be married to Christ. <laughs> <laughs> you know, But you're not taking, and, and then the people that have been multiply married, <laughs> <laughs> you're not taking all those words. <laughs> Take it <out>, all <laughs> them to heaven. Right. So it's, this is it. And it's like when I started thinking about, wow, oh my gosh, I'm looking at X, Y, and Z. It just felt like it would be so much more powerful sharing this experience and exposing somebody that I loved to the incredible lifestyle I was living. Uh, I, I would, it, it could be a hotel room that would just blow my mind. It would be like, wow, I, I remember going to, uh, to do an event, but I, they sent me to, oh, and I was able to share this with my son because I took KJ to Africa uh, with me uh, to a couple different countries, but we were in Durban in South Africa. And they gave us, uh, there's a place called the Karkloof Spa. Yep, I'm going to go ahead and just give them some advertisement. <laughs> the Karkloof Spa was amazing. So if you can imagine, they shut down the Karkloof Spa for me.
0: Yeah, see, band, hold okay. let me tell y'all something. See, uh, Kinty Lattimore, <laughs> Kinty Latimo is a big deal in Africa, in South Africa. And it's like freaking royalty. So when you say <laughs> shut it
1: down, he means shut it down. Literally, it was just my band. And I, at this resort, the resort had all these different villas. So all of us had a, a villa <laughs> and the animals roamed free. And they also had safaris and different things. The personal chef, just everything. You're talking about animals just walk around? Oh yeah. And, um, they also had literally the spa. A huge spa. So, my 10 year old son was having his first spa experience. <laughs> he was getting body wrapped at 10. I'm like, wow, what are you doing? Getting a body to I'm getting a body wrap today, dad. Oh, okay. While I'm doing my interviews or what have you. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're doing my toes. Ah, I don't know. I like this. I don't like that. <laughs> may, but again, it, it's the same thing. As much as I, now my wife, if I had been with Faith, she, oh, God, I know what she, I know she would have appreciated it on a tremendous level not that my son didn't yeah I got more probably probably more of a kick out of watching him, him
0: yeah.
1: uh, in a floating round pool you know <laughs> relaxing <laughs> at 10 you know but it's, it's when you see amazing things um it can kind of come back to like even what we feel spiritually. When you have experienced something amazing, you wanna share it with somebody. Talk if about it. If you know it. that the love of God has changed your life, you wanna tell somebody and say, This can happen to you too. And then you wanna iron sharp an eye, you wanna talk about it mm. and share the experience. Did that happen for you too? This happened? And mm. that's what my relationships have always been about. I have relationships with my friends that I went, some of them I went to elementary school yep. with junior high school. And I think of the people that came out to the wedding. A lot of those people I'd known 30 years
0: plus. I was hearing guys at the words of affirmation ceremony. That's just the name we're going to call it.
2: Sure. And they were
0: like, yeah, I went to high school with him and this. And I've known him since. And I was like, wow, this is so dope. And then it doesn't, anything anybody else has to
1: say just doesn't Doesn't matter. matter. (laughs) It's like strangers (laughs) out here saying crazy stuff and making up stories. And you're like, wow, that's what they're saying about me. You got to walk away from that. Yeah. And you want to get to a reality. My reality was that I have always lived an amazing, incredible life that was so blessed. Um, And I never felt like I was better than anybody else. I didn't feel like I was always the best singer in the room. Lord knows I wasn't, but I would be given the opportunity. But I know that it wasn't just about singing. People want a good person around. People want to work yes. with folks that are easy to work with, who can do good business, that are clean about certain things. It makes the experience better. Yes. So having all of those elements, living that on a daily basis, most of my life, wanted um, it allowed me to be in a position where I never felt like I had to justify any foolishness. I was like, oh, yes, they can say people can say and do whatever. <laughs> And when the truth comes out, it'll just come out. Exactly. And I don't have to bring it out. They will live it or they will experience something where they have to just come clean and just be like, you know what, let me do that. So surrounding yourself with great people who relate to your experience, I would hear other men say, oh yeah, my wife and I just went to the Dominican Republic or to to Turks and Caicos. And I'm sitting there like, wow, that must be amazing. But being a singer and being a single singer out mm-hmm. on the road and all that I think that I was probably fulfilling their fantasies <laughs> it was like it was a you, you kind of always want what you don't have <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're like if I was you I would be doing this thing. yeah they'd be clowning they, but they were like uh, that's why God didn't give me this gift because I'd probably be I'd have killed my kids yeah, yeah, all, right, right, all over the world all over the world destroying <laughs> people's lives you know but um you know it's amazing I you know I I I'm grateful though uh, to have faith because not only has she increased my literal faith, but educated. So the the, the level of our conversation and the things that we talk about is so, is stimulating, like constantly. And I know that we'll we'll go through some times and we'll go through things just like everybody else. Yeah. Everybody goes through changes and shifts, and it is because we're individuals. But it's about respecting each other through that. And I respect her as an individual. um, And she'll tell you, it's not much that I complain about. I don't think I complain about anything. I just go, oh, this is how you feel today, or this is how something is. Um, I'd be like, oh, okay. This is a reality. And and if that's how you feel, let's acknowledge it. I want you to feel heard when we're talking. I don't want you to feel like, because I can be like, oh, no, 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 nope. we're not going there with any kind of conversation mm-hmm. with my friends, whatever. If it's something that I don't think is appropriate or something like that, um, my son, whoever, I kind of cut it. I shut it off, which probably irritates folks. <laughs> <laughs> but the people that know me know that it's like I'm about is this going to edify us? Is what is what you're bringing to the table right now going to build us up and make us better what we're talking about. If it's not, we don't even want to bring it into our circle, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. bring our circle. And I love it because faith brings so much positivity and light to our lives. You know, it's just amazing. And, um, and I'm learning, I'm just learning a lot from her.
0: How did you know that she was the one, I mean, you dated women. Um, how many years before you met her, did you begin to date intentionally? Like, was it a season you went through where you like, I'm not dating nobody, and then you got to a season where you said I'm just gonna date casually, mm-hmm. or were you like, hey, I'm gonna go through my healing and now I'm gonna start dating intentionally.
1: And Yeah, you know what? I, I can't remember exactly I can't put an exact time period on it, but I do remember a time when I said, Okay, um, I think I'm gonna date intentionally. And what was happening was I was dating a young lady who helped me heal. <sighs> Talk about that was hard. And. And in so many ways, I probably broke her heart. Uh, because we were together for a while. But I wasn't free. So when we were going through that dating stage, I was like. I'm, I'm not ready to really be in a relationship even though you're fantastic and you make me feel great. But I remember when I first went out with her, I said, you know what? If we are not each other's future, I just want you to know that every man is not a dog. Every man is not going to try to hurt you and all of that. And I want to be healed of the things that I've gone through as well. And you've already begun that part because just her, just her affirming me as a man. So that relationship didn't end, I promise you, I try to love. If I, if I ever loved you, I will love you to the end. Some, unless you, unless something, somebody else would have to break it. You'd have to break or breach the relationship where it's beyond repair and irreconcilable. Mm -hmm. But, and and sometimes that happens. And I do have some of those where it's not healthy to go back right and uh and try to reconcile sometimes you forgive people and you move on yeah but i could go back to almost everyone i've dated and they would have an open door them they're, whether they're married now whatever they would be like this was a good dude this guy actually loved me he was a fool back then but he you know <laughs> whatever you know whatever i had to say because you know you yeah, you, grow yeah, up, yeah. you know I've, I've done some crazy stuff and that's as a kid growing up and um and even as an adult I've done some <laughs> some things that I feel like <laughs> oh that wasn't the greatest thing that wasn't the best decision but I always treated people well yes nobody can say oh he did this to me and no not no not really yeah. they they can't say that in truth yeah so uh it's interesting just looking back on that and just embracing the, the growth and um and then they grew too I'm sure you know yeah But I'm the kind of guy, too, that I sit down with you and I have the conversation. It may be years later. I remember when I did the song um, Push, Mm. Pushed You Away, worst move I made. Um, There was a relationship I had with the young lady, and I sat down with her, and I'll never forget. I, I did have my push you away moment with her. Before I started my career, I was dating this young lady, and I was getting ready to move to New York. And I said, time for me to let her go. Because she's not going to survive what I'm going to have to go through to become the recording artist that I need. And I'm not going to have time to minister to her. And she probably was okay. I, I did, The problem was that I didn't involve her in that decision. You <laughs> just made that decision. Said, I just made that decision and for her. And, and, and I said you like, can't yes, handle and it. you can't handle it. <laughs> the reality was I could not handle yes. it. Yes. And it probably was still noble. What I was saying yep. was... I'm not going to be able to give you the attention that you deserve for us to really be in a relationship. Yeah. I told her that 15 years later, like 15 years we were sitting somewhere because again, I've kept
2: all of my relationships,
1: but she stood there and she looked at me and she said, I could have handled it. And I said, I apologize. I never gave you the opportunity. We didn't try to, we didn't try to get back together. You know, we didn't try. It was nothing yeah. like that. It was really quality. I am just very happy that, and blessed that I have been with some very quality women through the years. So when it was time that I felt like I wanted to date for marriage, I knew that I had to do something different for myself. And that was when I started saying, what are my core values? Who am I? What do I think I need? Mm. What are my quirks? What do I have to immediately expose to see if she's okay with it? Mm. because if she's not, this is a part of who I really am, then you know it doesn't work. There it is. And, and faith uses this word I thought was so brilliant because it softened things a little bit. We're, we're just not compatible. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people are not as compatible and they force themselves into these situations and sex is not going to do it. Nope. You know, just people talking about, you know, the Lord told us that y'all are supposed to be together. Bang, I've seen so it. many people break up. Um, you even loving Christ. Come on, talk about it. You got to really go down. It's the day-to-day that gets you, as they say, as some people say, rather. Mm-hmm. It's the day-to-day that if you don't like who I am, it's not going to last. It's At just not. All. So I got to a point where when I went out with faith, I was very like, I'm interested in really dating and finding my my wife I don't know that there's a time period where we go this is the one because um oh I just know that this is the one <sighs> I think it's more it's it's a decision mm-hmm. you decide to love someone and decide to sacrifice so let me let me kind of uh, go circle back to that the term of knowing that that's the one knowing that I was willing to sacrifice And become a partner with this person um, is what I want to make broader so that people don't feel like it's a magical thing that happens. Oh, he walked in and he knew she was the one he he walked in and saw her and he knew that he was willing to sacrifice something and go into partnership with her. Not that she was the one
0: because then we want to if stuff don't go right, we want to blame it on God. God, God, see God, I knew God. Like no, God God ain't schizophrenic. Mm -hmm. God didn't tell you one thing one minute and the next thing he told you, no. You made the decision to marry that person based upon what you desired and you felt like that person could reciprocate. And when it changed, that, you know, you take that. And you know. some people,
1: when you speak with them about what they want and who they are, don't always say the truth. They don't. They don't always. And and you got to, And if you make a decision to be with them. You have to live through that. You just have to live through it. And, and I don't think people intentionally do it. Uh, people are afraid. Who wants rejection? Nobody yes. wants to be rejected. Uh, they see something good or that has potential to it. And people become who they think you want them to be.
0: Yes. I was talking to a friend last week, well I guess about two weeks ago, and she said that she would never tell a guy how many guys she has slept with. Mm-hmm. And I said, not even your husband? She's like, no, because men can't handle it. I said, the man that's not for you can't handle it. Oh, I said Jesus. I said, the one, Jesus. the one that is for you, he has to handle it. Mm-hmm. I, I said because the reality is If a woman can't accept me That's the reason why this podcast is so important for me I said journey with me as I discover mm-hmm. Uncover and recover love mm-hmm. The discovery phase is what you were talking about What is it that you want Lataris Who are you mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and get healed from some past hurts uh, and, and let's address those things And let's uncover who you are And what it is that you truly desire yeah. Yeah. Because other than that You start making up stuff and mm-hmm. be like Well no nah, I know the Bible says that I'm supposed to do that. I'm supposed to do this Mm. you know I did that the first time Mm -hmm. and I said and I married an amazing woman but the reality was is that who am I what Mm -hmm. is it that I desire and what helps me get through my Mm day-to-day when you get honest and transparent with yourself and say this is what I want Mm -hmm. then you manifest that in your life you start saying this is what I desire you can be I meet a lot of dope women, a mm-hmm. lot of great women, mm-hmm. but I don't believe they're my purpose partner. Mm-hmm. When you meet your purpose partner, then you go, yeah, there it is, yeah, there
1: it and, is, and you, and it's about knowing you. Yeah, faith. She made a list. She had fifty items. Yeah, I had a list. I don't know if it was fifty, but it was a lot of <laughs> items. But more of the items reflected who she was and what she knew she deserved in a relationship. And mine the same, as opposed to it being, well, they. I want you know some of some of this is fun stuff. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with saying yeah. this is what I'm attracted to. Yeah, but it helps you when you make that list to narrow down what's really important. Those core values
0: those you, core keep saying, those, you keep yep, saying. You keep saying core values that
1: are, that are foundational to who you are. Um, I have some friends of mine who take mm-hmm. care of their parents, and they're like, "Well, if I get married." My parents come along with the package. Yep, those are things that you need to say. Yes, you don't don't pretend that you're doing something else, and then come back and be like, "Well, now that we're married, you know, my parents need to live with us." And then they're like, "What? No, I, I don't want the parents living with me, but they're my parents. No, <laughs> because everybody comes from a different yes. background. That's and, so uh, real. But it's about communicating who you are, and that's what we did." That's what we did. And through that is when you start to go, oh yeah, this is definitely the one, if you will. I can make this decision that I'm willing to go through this journey. And the things that I don't know, because I don't believe that I know it all, mm-hmm. just because of the positive things that I know right here, there's going to be... Uh, uh, you You begin the journey and you begin the ride and things begin to shift and mm-hmm. change your relationship. One of the things that... Um, that we're learning now, which is really funny, is, okay, I'm back to work. We didn't live my regular work schedule for a year and a half. Yep. So now it's like, wow, I'm back to work. This is a very different thing. I've learned that I have to be very intentional about the time that I spend with my wife, the time that we communicate and sometimes I'm tired. Sometimes I'm sure she's tired. She she travels as well, but we make time. And and if we're if we're exhausted, and we know that you know there there has to be some way that you just connect in general. It could be you know what, babe. I don't have a whole lot of time to talk, but I just want you to know how much I love you. I'm proud of you. I know you're doing such and such and such. And how was your day? My day was good. It was blah 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 blah. blah. You have substantive conversation, so that there's some kind of connection. That is intentional before you start rolling off and doing your other thing, and um, yeah. Or how about I haven't seen you in a minute because you've been on the road. I'm on the road. I'm coming there because there's certain things that success yes success allows you a lot more options. Yes, it does than struggle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know we're we're blessed to to have. That option, but I believe that God gave us that yes. promotion comes from the Lord. That's why I talked about people that could outsing me, but promotion would come from God. And favor is. is not fair, as they say, yeah. as we say in the church. So, what we look at now is um, the opportunities to be with one another. We just don't take it for granted, you know. It's like, okay, let's sit down and look at our calendar. Okay, vacations. I never planned vacations because I spent time in places all over the I mean, world neither. that were amazing. Yeah. Now I have to stop and go, yeah, we need a vacation, a real vacation. Mm-hmm. What's a real vacation? Where I'm not singing. I'm not. A, a real vacation for me is not going to Cabo and singing at somebody's wedding. Yeah. That sounds amazing, right? Yeah. I make you paid a whole lot of money and I might be able to, to sit on the beach for a little while. Yeah. But just the fact that I open my mouth to sing.
0: <laughs> That's a thought you had when you got married. You said, I'm not going to sing at my wedding. You yeah. said, everybody thinks that I'm going to sing the faith, but no, I'm not going to work on my wedding. Right. But I was uh, like, Kenny, how's that work? You're like, because I'm singing. I'm working. Right. I'm working all the time. So I was so glad my good friend Stevie wanted to sing <laughs> it at our so
1: wedding did. Because, oh I also, because it was like you sing. You're like the wedding singer. If, if you yeah. who sings at your wedding. So It's got to be somebody amazing. Stevie, <laughs> be somebody. Doggo Stevie Wonder, uh, Stevie Wonder shut it down, and he it was so like, deep. okay. <laughs> Talk about what? There was no question after They're that. It was Kenny. It was Kenny. Yeah, exactly. It was like, yep. He didn't have to open his mouth at all. Nobody
0: missed my no, voice. I missed you when Doggo <laughs> Stevie, Stevie Wonder, Wonder showed up. I was like, Lord Jesus, boy, <laughs> that was really, really dope, man. I'm gonna ask you this. This is one question that, um, like, this season, I'm going into the marriage vows. I'm to, as we get further along in the the season, I'ma unpack each marriage vow. Okay. But one thing I wanna ask you, uh, a reflective moment is what is the one the biggest thing that you learned about yourself mm-hmm. after coming out of the divorce?
1: Um, after coming out of divorce. After coming
0: out of divorce. <clears throat> when the divorce the happened
1: and the thing your I life. learned about myself was that um that I was actually okay, that I was actually okay. I knew that I was a good husband, uh, but I, I started thinking deeper, and I'm not saying the perfect anything. I'm not, that wasn't the perfect anything, but I know I was a good husband. And I never treated anybody poorly, but I started thinking about how I communicated, and it goes back to that, core, that list again if you communicate who you are and shut stuff down in the beginning, this is not cool with me. And this, and this is a tough, this is a tough one because a lot of times people want to create peace. We as men, we don't want friction in no. our house with our wives. No, but I always wanted to create peace. But God said to me one time, Kenny, Kenny, you are creating a false peace in your house. And that's when I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't know what to do with that initially. Um, But when I came out and I realized, gosh, it was so many things test you and prove who you are as a person. The one thing that I came out knowing was I was the person that I said I was. From the beginning, which was a good thing for me. Again, I'm not talking positive. I'm not trying to make y'all think, oh, Kenny Lattimore is the best thing since whatever. Yeah. But I'm telling you the truth. When I came out, I said I was who I said I was. That's it. And that was all I could give and that was all I could be. And that was okay. So it made it even more significant when my son came to affirm me and he said, it was almost like him saying, I like who you are. Yep. You are who you said you are. Yes. My son had to say that to me. Yeah. You're, you're who you said, you know? Mm-hmm. And that also released me. It did. To I a felt degree it. where I felt like I can really marry faith. And there is another level of depth to this whole thing that my son is going to be okay in this process because he understands who I really am, that shuts everything down. Nobody could say anything else to me after that.
0: Man, when I said I've watched you go through, I I was around when you first got married, the first few months of your marriage when you and I started working together because you got married in 2002 Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you went on tour with me. And I don't know you just always been consistent That's one thing I can say about you. you Is that you've been consistent And everybody that spoke about you at your words of affirmation ceremony was that you just been consistent like that's that's you just that's just who you are and so I just want to salute you black man for Thank being you. who you are Thank you. Uh, for being a man of God for being someone that we get on the phone we'll pray together you know uh, we we'll drive down the street and talk like little girls and talk about love you know what I'm saying because yeah. most time people don't think that men actually talk about marriage and talk about yeah. wanting to find the one and all that and you were one of those people that I could do that with And even write a Dear Future Wifey letter On mm-hmm. Facebook And say but Kenny. That's powerful Yeah To right say like like Kenny Latimore Now we had this conversation Yesterday and, and as I go to get My passport For the very first time uh, I'm thinking about This conversation That he and I had That says I want some stamps On that bad boy With my with my purpose partner yeah, You know yeah. And it's like We don't realize The seeds that That we're planting Inside our You know Our, our brother's mind And hearts Because of You know just manifesting love and being okay with not feeling like, you know, instead of, you and I have never had a conversation about, man, we finna go smash some chicks. Mm-hmm. We finna go do this. We finna go. This just who we were. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like you know, something
1: totally different. But I can tell you when I was 10 years old and you met my buddy Mark, yep. you met some of those, uh, some of those guys I was with, we were 10 years old. We used to talk about, we'd ride our bikes and pretend that we were taking our wives somewhere
0: (laughs) on a bike
1: (laughs) and, and, but what's so crazy and so visionary, even about that, we came from visionary mothers. Everything that we dreamt when we were children came to pass Mm. every single bit of it Um, to him and his wife being at my wedding with faith in me at our house, staying at our home, Mm -hmm. being a part my career, what he wanted to do with his career, where he wanted to live. He wanted to travel the world, and he, he traveled the world. He got, became a part of the military and learned that whole system and went into the Air Force and traveled the world. And then he's, he used to say when he was little, I'm coming back to my hometown and blah, blah, blah. blah. And I used to think to myself, this is crazy. Came back to his hometown. He came back for his family. He said, I want to help my family and all that. And now he's with his family because our parents are, you know, of a certain age and all of that now, so it wasn't just about who became famous or whatever. I watched my buddy Mark fulfill every dream that he accomplished. He's celebrating twenty five mar- years of marriage right that's now. That's dope. That's dope. Uh, Shout out. And he's away. And and that's how we came up. But again, we came from strong women. And uh, another buddy of mine, Anthony Jones, we we were talking because he said, you know what? I remember Miss Sonia. I remember your mother. I know your sister. You have very strong women in your household. So that's what I was attracted to. So when I look at, you know, Faith having her own career yeah. and her own, you know, destiny of who she is, yeah. it's not intimidating to me. It reminds me of what I'm familiar with. Yes. So I appreciate it a lot more. Um, where some guys might be like, oh, no. <laughs> and this and that you know I can't because I never had insecurities about it even if if she made more money than me mm-hmm. if she uh you know had more in demand hey I, during during the, the pandemic everybody got yeah. a chance to flip and yeah. do whatever Yeah, and I was like okay I'll be a house husband yeah, for real for <laughs> real yeah but a house husband don't mean I'm going to sit uh, I just I'm not the type of person I yeah. just couldn't sit around it was like how can I make her life better how can I make everything really yeah. nicer while you know she carries
0: things and I go back to work I'm just returning to work Yep. so uh, but that's what a marriage is about though yeah. what you're talking about is straight teamwork it's yeah. like there's no such thing as oh well you ain't doing this and I'm doing that mm-hmm. if you are a purpose partners yeah. because you're able you're able to just you know work in tandem with each other yeah. and say hey listen right now you're doing this now I'm finna do this and there's no no ego tripping mm-hmm. I've never witnessed that from her where she's making you feel less than and it's I did a photo shoot with her that time and you were hey you were just you were just I was like see that's what I'm talking about Kenny but you know I think
1: about two things first of all marriage is not 50 50 Get that out of yeah, if you think totally. that. Because if you want that, then you need a roommate, you need <laughs> yeah. just some friends that you share a house with. It's not 50-50. It's who, whoever has a, the gift goes in, and they may have to carry the, the load yep. as, a, as a partner. But um, what I have experienced in life is having people as assistants. I have been fortunate enough to be the boss. Mm-hmm. And when I look at my wife, I think about would I, what would I want? You know, so I'll never forget going down to the divorce court set for the first time. And I was her assistant for a week. That's good. And I said, I'm going to set the standard. There it is. So that when she has whoever comes back after me, look after her, she's going to have a road map in her head about all the things that make her better Mm. at this. So I'd get that. I'd be standing there with her robe literally after every case we would take that robe off and I would stand there with it and I would wait till she came back out and when it was time we'd hook the microphone up and she'd go out if she needed me to look at cases and I wasn't
0: good at all that either (laughs) but think about it but but listen listen this I want to remind you of something Uh she had you look at what the cases and think about your earlier career working as a uh, not a paralegal. Oh, you were working at a, a as at a, a law firm. You were working at a
1: yeah, law I worked firm. Worked at a law firm. Think yeah, about sure that. Was. That is an interesting <laughs> thing. So there's a certain appreciation <laughs> that I have for her preparation, um for um, her dedication and knowledge of the law. Yeah, and there's those are other conversations we can have because I worked at a law firm. I was in human resources. Yeah, but. I still learned so much yep. about various aspect, uh, various and, aspects of the law. And see, I never
0: forgot about that because
1: mm-hmm. you said yeah, I was like, that's, oh, that's
2: so true. Yeah. That's so <laughs> and true. now here you are,
0: you got a yeah. judge. Destiny, <laughs> <laughs> destiny. <laughs> oh, seeds that be planted, you can't make this stuff up, man. And then
1: she, on the other hand, was a singer when she was in the Miss America. Yeah, her her gift, uh, or what do they her talent? Yeah, singing. So uh, it was so funny. She used to sing Regina Bells. Uh, songs, uh, like If I Could, which was Nancy Wilson also, did, um, and then Regina Bell did a version, If I Could, or I Dream in Color, she'd sing those songs, and then Regina Bell was a friend of mine, yeah, and he would yeah. be like, hey, <laughs> I'd be like, oh my God, Regina, we did our Christmas had, in had Love you introduced tour to her to yeah. her? Um, yes. Yeah. I, I don't think that they physically got a chance to on the see phone. from when I, yeah, When I did my Christmas in Love tour with before Regina. we were married with, uh, with Regina, um, we were just dating. Um, it was, I got a kick out of it because I was like, wow, this is amazing how close things are. It's like three degrees of separation, you know? So, uh, it's just been a blessing. I watch how God just orchestrates everything.
0: Yeah, man. That's so dope. All right. So, Kenny, I can't let you leave the podcast without blessing people with the song, the namesake uh. of this episode, Built to Last. A lot of people haven't heard this song, and this song speaks volumes to parents, to just the culture that we're in. Um, United States just passed Juneteenth as a national mm-hmm. federal holiday, yeah. and our people as African-Americans have weathered some of the most (laughs) detrimental travesties that a people could ever go through, and when we're talking about relationships, we're talking about divorce, we're talking about people journeying through their single season looking for their future uh, purpose partners, then I want them to be encouraged to know that what God has done for them and what God has built them for Mm -hmm. is to last and weather every storm. So I yeah. want to close this episode wow, out wow. with just a little snippet of, of Built to Last. You got yeah, it in all you. All right, let me let me let me pull it out. Going me, 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 me. <laughs> now sing like I taught you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> These hands were made for battle. These feet were made to march. Till the end, these wings are strong enough to fly, they may have been bruised, but they're new again, it's only scars, they're just a stain, but this life has thrown it all away. Oh, I- but this heart, it was built to last, and it's still beating. It. Heart was built to last. This heart was built to last. Oh, 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 oh. Heart was built to last. Man,
0: you're behind the same. Let me tell you. See, God, when when I say certain gifts, (laughs) Lord Jesus, boy, if God, boy, let me tell you something. (laughs) if God gave me a voice like that, people oh, are like, shut right. up, Laters. We get it. You can sing. God <laughs> dog We get it. We oh, get yes. it. Thank you so Man, much. Man, listen. Thank you so much. It's been such an honor to have you on the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Everybody, make sure that you go download the single Pressure. 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 It's everywhere <laughs> where you buy your favorite. Listen, don't just go listen to it on YouTube or somewhere. Go buy the song. This brother, you're planting seeds in good ground. This is my listen. brother, Uh I just I just want to just take this song over the top like let's mm-hmm. let let's show the the record labels that that uh, my brother is worth investing in and uh, it's good seed good 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 brother and make sure that y'all get the album when it drops uh, make sure when the video is released by my boy Kawan Burton who directed the video make sure that y'all let, let this video go viral. So listen, Kenny? I enjoyed having you on the podcast. Hey, Thank yeah, you so much. Here. Thank you for blessing the listeners. Y'all give it up for Kenny Lattimore.
3: Discover, uncover, recover love with the new Dear Future Collection. The journey starts from within. Let your inner thoughts find freedom on the pages of this richly hued Dear Future Blue Sapphire Edition Genuine Leather Journal. It features a cross stitched spine and luxurious cording to bind your deepest insights. A great accompaniment is the Dear Future Luxury Bamboo Fountain Pen. There's nothing more intentional than the writing process of a fountain pen. This is an elegant writing work of art. Join the thriving community of fountain pen enthusiasts and purchase one today. These exclusive items and more are available. At DearFutureWifey.com
0: When I tell you I really enjoy talking to my boy, Kenny Lattimore, I mean, that's my boy, I love that dude, and to see him be married, to link up with his purpose partner. When I tell you it brought tears to my eyes at the wedding, as y'all heard, it was an honor to shoot it. It was an honor to capture That remarkable, uh, memorable event. But here's my favorite part of the podcast where I manifest my future wifey. Dear future wifey, we are built to last. We were forced in our individual struggles to become fortified as a couple. Through our trials and tribulations, we became overcomers in preparation to overcome any obstacle that arises in our union. I don't have any reservations. You'll be all that I need. I'm confident in knowing the Lord heard the faintest desires of my heart and you will be the personification of love. I get insanely excited knowing we'll walk hand in hand through this thing called life. Think about it. We'll be partners in freedom. Partners in faith, partners in our dreams, partners in love, partners in purpose. We'll be purpose partners. Unstoppable. God took out his anointed chisel, shaped and molded us and built us to last. What God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Your future hubby. Thank you for listening to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family.